Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word and the power that it speaks with authority into our lives, Lord. And I pray as we open the scriptures today and as we share together around your word, you would illuminate our hearts, open our eyes and open our ears to hear from you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Got your Bibles? We're going to turn to Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. A very familiar passage uh, that you've probably read a thousand times. I'm just want to pick some points out and just look at some of the scriptures this morning around this whole theme. So Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. Are you ready? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. At the end of the time, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up their hands so you will not even strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. I want to talk today about resisting temptation. And I was at a wedding yesterday and the sweet trolley came out. Okay, and on the sweet tolly, there was options. There was the cookie dough cheesecake. Who's ever had the cookie dough cheesecake? It's legendary. But also there was some fruit salad. I want to say today, in all honesty, I wanted to go for the cookie dough cheesecake, but I went for the salad. You're impressed, aren't you? Isn't it amazing? How the very thing we want the most is the one that's going to do us the most harm. <laughs> See, Oscar Wilde said this, I can resist anything except temptation. Resisting temptation would be easy if, God, if the devil only ever picked our strong points. If the devil only picked our strong points, resisting temptation would be easy. But the devil looks for the weak points in your character, the weak points in your life. He seeks to find out where you are most vulnerable. And therefore, we need to be aware of our strengths, but also aware of our weaknesses. In Greek mythology, there's something called the Achilles heel. Who's ever heard of it? 
This great warrior, Achilles, is a great warrior, he's almost invincible, but he had the weak point. In fact, he died because of a wound on his heel. We can be very strong in lots of areas in our faith, very great in the word, great preaching, great prayers. But unless we are aware of our weaknesses, we become vulnerable to every attack of the devil. I want to just share some points this morning that will help us identify our weak areas and help us to address those weak areas so that we are not as vulnerable. See, I believe that God is moving by spirit across our nation. And God is aligning people for his purpose at this time. But we can be sure the devil has a strategy today to bring you and me under condemnation so that we don't live up to our full potential in him. Achilles heel means a weakness that we have in spite of oval strength, which would actually or potentially lead to a downfall. What areas are you weak in today? What is the weak areas in your life? Do you know what they are? <laughs> Maybe it's your emotional life. Maybe that's your Achilles heel. Maybe you react or overreact, overreact in a moment. Anyone says anything to you. Is your emotions your Achilles heel? Maybe it's your thought life. Maybe it's so easy for your thoughts just to lead you down a dark path that leads to a dead end. Maybe it's your pride. Maybe it's your self-importance. Maybe it's your anger. Maybe you get, you just flare up in an instant. You don't know why, it just happens. Maybe you've got a secret habit in your life that nobody else knows about. You try and hide it, but God knows, and also the devil knows your secret habit. And it's easy to slip into it every time you're feeling low or sad. Maybe it's gossip. But whatever area we have that's a weakness, today God wants to infuse his strength into those areas. We become able to stand against every attack of the evil one. I am not tempted to do drugs. <laughs> it's never been a problem in my life. But the devil picks the weak areas, the places where we're most vulnerable, to drag us down, to, to, to let us be robbed of our hope and our courage. And today God wants to strengthen you. God wants to pour out his power into your life. The battle lines have been drawn. It says in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7, Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control it, but you must subdue it, subdue it and you must master it. See, sin is there all around us, seeking to control and to manipulate and to influence our lives, to rob us of that which God wants to put into our lives. See, the biggest battle that you and I will ever face is not with the devil, it's with you and I. <laughs> that we are our own worst enemy. Who knows that? Three of us, that's great. It says this amazing verse in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We sing a song with those lines in. But this verse continues with another phrase. It says, and loving not our lives, even unto death. And today, we overcome the enemy by the power of the blood of the Lamb. And by the power of the word of our testimony. But the central point behind all that is that we don't love ourselves so much 
to shrink away from living right. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, in your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. Wow. Have you battled so intensely against sin that you've lost some blood over it? How about some sweat? So I want to share briefly this morning just some quick points about how we can overcome those strategies of the devil to influence our lives and to drag us down. The first one is to take responsibility. In James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says this, Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. See, we may be tempted by the devil. We may be hindered by our past. We may be influenced by our friends. But at the end of the day, we have a responsibility for our own actions, for our responses, and for our choices. So often we say, it's not my fault, it's my upbringing. It's not my fault, it's my friends. It's not my fault, it's the devil. At the end of the day, God holds us accountable for the choices that we make. And you have a choice today to either live for God or live for yourself. See, this attitude of passing the blame is right there in the, New T- in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 12, when God puts his finger on the sin, Adam says, it's not my fault, it's the woman that you put here. It's all her fault. What does the woman do? It's not my fault, it's the devil. <laughs> he made me do it. And so often we can spend so much time trying to fix the blame as opposed to fixing the problem. And I want to encourage you today to allow God to do a work inside your heart. Whenever I challenge my son Jonathan over little things around the house, like who's written in crayon over this wall? His response is always, wasn't me. (laughs) Diane. (laughs) It wasn't me. Honest, it wasn't me. And that's our human response. We always like to deflect the blame onto other people. But when we come to that place of honesty before God, say, God, this is who I am, this is what I am, God can then start to change our lives and make us into the men and women that he wants us to be. But it starts at that place of honesty. See, so often we can live as a victim. Woe is me, I've had such a hard life. I've been mistreated, I've been abused, I've been rejected. And those things do affect our lives. But God's not want to let us live as victims, but live as victors. Overcoming all that is set before us. See, I want to just say this. There is no quick fix for temptation. You cannot come to the front of the church and get a two-minute prayer to help you overcome temptation. You can't get delivered from temptation. <laughs> a prayer cannot release you from the power of temptation. You have to choose to reject temptation. Choose to reject the work of the devil in your life. And choose to follow Jesus. The battle is within you and within me. And we must stand up under that temptation. Next slide, please. 
if you're going down the steep road, there is sometimes on the left-hand side something called an escape lane. Has anyone ever seen an escape lane? Fantastic. So if you're driving your big articulated lorry and your brakes fail down a steep hill, you can slip off to the left and go down this escape lane, which is covered in sort of grit and gravel, and it'll slow you down and save your life. The Bible says that God will always provide with you, provide you an escape route when temptation comes upon your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Or the English Standard Version says this, he will also provide a way of escape. When you feel overwhelmed by temptation, when you feel overwhelmed by the pressure to sin and to turn away from God, he will always give you an opportunity to escape. The choice is, do you take it? The choice is, do you see it and take it? This lorry going down the road can easily just stay on the course and cause damage. But you can turn off the road and escape. I took Johnny to Clifton Park a few years ago. Clifton Park is a beautiful park. And we started at the top of the hill, and Johnny started running down the hill. And as he was running down the hill, he was laughing and joking and smiling. And suddenly he realized that he could not stop. And he kept on running and running and getting faster and faster until... There's a huge crash. Who's ever been there? Sometimes our lives run out of control. We feel when the momentum is just unable to stop us, unable to stop, and the momentum that takes us to places we don't want to go. We can get on a slippery slope, and there can be momentum building in our lives that takes us to a bad place. Darren Robb was preaching last week and shared a scripture from Proverbs 22, verse 3, that says this, The prudent person sees trouble ahead and hides, but the naive continue on and suffer the consequences. If, you don't, if you're not able to see beyond where you are now, see what could happen if you take a set course of action, you're missing the truth of God's word. God wants you to be aware of what will happen. God wants you to give you a glimpse of what could happen if you continue on the same course that you are on. It's important that we learn to stop before we start. Consider for a second where this route, where this decision will take you. Someone said, I think I said it the other week, this great phrase, if you sow a thought, you reap an action. If you sow an action, you reap a thought, reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And if you sow a lifestyle, then you reap a destiny. What you begin will have consequences. So the sooner you stop it, the better. Our next slide says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We need to take captive every single thought that comes into our head that will drag us away from the purposes of God for our lives. 
The word take captive comes from a, a Greek word meaning to spear, to capture something with a spear. Have you ever been fishing? Who's been fishing here? How easy is it to, is it to catch fish with a net? Fairly easy. How easy will it be to catch fish with a spear? Anyone had an experience in that? It must be very difficult. And sometimes our thoughts are like fish. They swim around our heads and our hearts and our minds. And that be able to spear them and stop them is a huge challenge. But that's what God commands us to do. He commands us to spear and to take captive every thought. See, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great preacher, said this, You cannot stop the birds flying over your head. You can stop them building a nest in your hair. We need to stop before we start. We need to take captive every thought. And if you know you're in an area of temptation, if you know you're struggling in an area, then take courage to identify it and seek help. A friend of mine came to me a number of years ago. He just bought Sky TV. And it had all the great sports channels on it. It had all the great movies on it. And also it had a great selection of adult channels. And he knew, being a single man, that he would be one day tempted, maybe just to flick on those channels. So he invited me around to his house one night and he said to me, Adrian, can you put a password in here that will stop me from getting access to those channels? Some may say that was a, a sign of weakness. But I think it was a sign of wisdom. If today you know you're struggling with an area of temptation, don't just try and just blag it or get over it. Deal with it. Get help. Get support. Get friends around you to pray for you and to support you. So you don't have to lose those battles. You see, sometimes we are most vulnerable just before we get a great victory. The Israelites had traveled across the whole desert, 40 years wandering through the desert, and they came within seven miles of the promised land. And within seven miles of the promised land, they fell into temptation and sin in the valley full of acacia trees. But sometimes it's just after the victory that we are at our most vulnerable. Elijah called down fire from heaven. 450 prophets of Baal were killed. 400 prophets of Asherah were killed. And then he prophesied to the skies. And the cloudless skies began to pour with rain after three and a half years. This man was on fire. He seen miracles and signs and wonders. Yet in this moment, he became vulnerable and very weak. One say today, sometimes after victories, we are at our most vulnerable to temptation and to sin. Someone said in a game of football, a team is most vulnerable the moment after they have scored. They become distracted, they switch off for a moment, they lose focus, and they're vulnerable to concede a goal. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, if you think you're standing firm, <laughs> be careful you don't fall. I've learned over a number of painful experiences. The moment I think I can do this, the moment I think I can win this all by myself, the moment I think I can do it, I have the ability to do it, I realize I'm in a dangerous place. 
And I've learned over painful experiences to always declare and admit that I'm completely dependent on God for all that I am and all that I do. Our next slide. If we're going to win these areas, we need to take time to think. It says in Proverbs 29, verse 20, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for them. So often we react so quickly. We don't engage our brains for a moment. Suddenly we start to say things and react, and that can get us into so much trouble. Someone said to me this, this word, the word wasp. When you feel you've been stung, when you feel someone's hurt you, don't sting back. Don't swap pain for pain, but use the word wasp as a memory sort of aid. W stands for wait. Wait, just don't rush into anything, just take your time. A stands for assess. Assess what's really going on in the situation. Don't just assume, but assess what is really happening. Then S stands for select. You choose an option to proceed with, and P stands for proceed. I have got myself into so much trouble because I never allow myself time to think and to process a response. Many years ago, I used to get emails and texts from different people, and my immediate reaction about them texts or emails was, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to send off an email and just tell them exactly what I think of them. And if you do that, you are in so much trouble. Pause. Facebook is a blessing. Facebook is a curse. Sometimes in the heat of a moment, you can just bang out a little message or a little update that can sound like you're getting stuff off your chest, but can cause so much damage to other people. If we just have, we just have to think for a second before we engage in a conversation. Facebook is a nightmare. <laughs> it's so easy just to bang out a text, bang out an email, without thinking through how you word it, what you say, how it's going to come across. And the hasty word can cause so much trouble. I'm a man of grace. <laughs> and I always believe the best in people. But sometimes when you get texts and emails, you think, what on earth? is happening in the situation. But grace is the thing that helps us overcome those little idiosyncrasies. So take time to think. Don't rush. Just pause for a moment. Don't allow the emotion of a moment to sweep you away into a destiny that you don't want to go down. Don't let the emotion of a moment sweep you down a, a path to a destiny you don't want to go. Just hold and check those emotions. Our next slide. Take a stand as a gatekeeper. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, we are responsible today for what we listen to. On television, on the radio, over a cup of coffee with our friends. We are responsible for what we listen to. Also, we're responsible for what we see. 
You can see so many images today all around you that will burn into your memory like an iron. And sometimes we see things on TV, we hear things, that impression is powerful upon our lives. Responsible for what we see, what we hear, but also responsible for how we feel and what we think. When I was young, I used to go to nightclubs. Hard to believe, isn't it? But outside nightclubs, you had two bouncers who were big, strong and burly. And if you weren't wearing the right items of clothing, they would bar you and not let you in. It was easy for them to push you away because you were outside. But if you snuck in the back door, I never did this, by the way. If you snuck in the back door, then it's really hard for them to get you out because you're already in. I want to say this today. It's easier to deal with temptation when it's outside than when it's inside. When you allow thoughts, when you allow feelings to start to permit in your heart, then they're harder and harder to get rid of. But God is still able. The power of Jesus avails to completely change us from the inside out. So I want to encourage you this morning to change your diet. Stop looking at the wrong stuff. Stop listening to the wrong stuff. Stop thinking those negative thoughts. Stop Stop feeling those negative emotions. And you say, Adrian, I can't stop feeling the way I feel. I want to say this today. The Bible says that our soul life, our emotions and our thought lives are subject to the Spirit of God inside us. You are not, um, you're not a slave to your emotions. You're not a slave to your thoughts. You're a servant of the Most High God. And the Spirit of God inside you has the power to rid you of the things that have held your soul life captive for years. People come to me and say, I can't help doing what I do. It's just the way I am. The Bible says that any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. He makes all things new. When we come to Christ, he can revolutionize us and transform us from the inside out. That all those trappings of the past life may be held in honor by the world, but held in horror by the Lord. See, external temptations that come to the eyes and the ears are easy to reject. The internal temptations of emotions and thoughts that go round our heads and go round our hearts, they are hard to break. But today, God wants to break those things in our lives. Quickly, moving on to the next slide. It says in Psalm 119, verse 11, I have hidden your word. In my heart, that I might not sin against you. Take up the shield of faith that puts your trust in Almighty God. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, so often we, we read the Word, we stand in faith, but we need to allow that Word and that faith to permeate our hearts, to mold us, to reshape us into the men and women that God's called us to be. Allowing the word of God to penetrate our thought life, our emotions, our feelings and make us into who he wants us to be. See, the devil wants to question your faith in God. 
It wants to challenge your faith in God. It also wants to challenge and question what God said about you. The devil always likes to twist and distort the truth of God's word. When the devil came to Eve in Genesis chapter 3, the devil said, did God really say that to you? Did he really say that? Is he not holding something back from you? Is God trying to rob you of something that's rightfully yours? And the devil comes time again to rob us of that faith and that trust in Jesus. So Jesus in the desert, he was hungry, he was tired, he was thirsty, he was on his own. The devil wants to isolate you. He wants to remove you from friends and family. He wants to isolate you so you become more vulnerable. When the wolf pack wants to try and kill a calf or kill a bull, it seeks to isolate the one vulnerable and snatch it away. Don't let yourself become isolated from the kingdom of God. Don't let yourself be isolated from the people of God. But allow that love to draw you together to be part of this community. thing is, what I would say, however, is that when we are on our own, when no one else is around, that's when the true you shows up. You can be anything you want to be on a Sunday morning. You can smile, you can wear the t-shirt, you can read the Bible, you can pray the prayers. But what you are in secret is who you really are. It's that moment where we prove who we are in God. And my final point this morning as we come to a conclusion. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says this. Then he said to all of them, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. See, the devil has one hope. That we will open the door for him to come and influence our lives, our emotions, our thoughts. There's a part of you and me called the sinful nature that is, has a bias towards sin. But the Bible says that we can crucify that part of us. It says in John, Jesus says, the devil has no hold over me. The devil has nothing on me. He has nothing in me. He has no area of influence over my life. I want to just say today, we need to allow God to draw us that place of complete surrender and sacrifice to him. Jesus knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, not my will be done, but yours. The Apostle Paul cries out, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. I want to say today, if we allow God to do his work in our hearts and allow us to die daily to ourselves, then the devil will lose his grip over your life. Everything he'll try to do to manipulate, to twist, to turn, falls to nothing if we've died with Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the human nature, the earthly nature, 
it's time to choose to resist and stand up against temptation. Should we stand to our feet? I'm going to ask Iona to come back just to play for these few moments. Just whilst we meditate on what God's been saying to us this morning. Holy Spirit of God, move right now, we pray. Across this room, across people's hearts. Lord, you know the things that we've been struggling with. You know the battles we've been facing. You know the areas of weaknesses that we all have and all carry. But Lord, your word says that your power is made perfect in our weakness. That when we are weak, we are strong because we put our faith and trust in you. So God, today, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you'll come and just put your finger upon our hearts this morning. If this morning you're blaming others for your condition, if you're blaming your past, blaming the hurt or what people have said about you or said to you, if you're trying to fix the blame as opposed to fixing the problem, I believe God would say it's time to take responsibility for your own actions, your own choices, and choose to follow Jesus. I decided to follow Jesus. I'm not turning back. I'm not going backwards anymore. I'm going forwards. Take responsibility for your own life. Stop looking to blame others and take that. The opportunity by the hand. Maybe today you're feeling like you're going downhill. You went out of control. You feel you can't stop yourself. You feel overwhelmed by the momentum in your life. You feel, I just can't stop this. The Bible says that he will give you a way out. He'll give you an escape route if you take it. Don't let the devil convince you today that you're out of control. The Bible says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, he will give you a way out. There is an escape route. There is a change coming. There's a place you can turn off and have a new start. Maybe today your thoughts rage around you. Maybe at night you just can't help but think about these images, these thoughts just rage around your head, overwhelming you. The Bible says, take captive every thought. Spirit, put it to death. Don't let that thought dominate or control your life any longer. Take authority over it in the name of Jesus and get the victory today. Maybe you're impatient. Maybe you just react. Maybe today you've just snapped at someone. Maybe today you've just banged out an email or banged out a text to someone because your emotions are just raging raw. Take time today. A hasty response is worse than being a fool. Just allow time to settle. Allow time to process. Allow time to evaluate. Allow time to select an option. Allow time to proceed with grace and mercy in those people's hearts and lives. Maybe the devil's throwing arrows at you right now. Maybe there's darts and arrows of condemnation and guilt. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the sword of the Spirit. 
and meet his claims with every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And maybe today you're not living to your full potential. Maybe you feel the devil's got a handle on you, he's nippling you, he's twisting you, and you feel powerless. The Bible says, put to death the old man. Be crucified with Christ. Let all the old be put to death. Let the new arise. I'm going to sing that song through one more time. I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm not turning back. This is morning as we draw us to a conclusion. You know and you sense it's time to make a change in your life. I want to invite you to come forward and the prayer team will pray with you and pray for you. The goal will strengthen you in the battle against temptation. That every day you'll go from victory to victory. From strength to strength. From glory to glory as you follow Christ. So Holy Spirit, just come right now. Put your finger on our hearts. Lord, don't want to leave this place the same. We want to leave this place different. So Holy Spirit of God, move in power today. And help us step into victory. No longer living as victims, but living as victors today. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. That we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Today is the day. Step into your victory. Step into your freedom. And know Christ as Lord and Saviour. Just come as we pray. Just come as we worship. May the Spirit of the Lord Give His freedom Purity, O oh God Where the Spirit of the Lord is We don't have to fear anymore We don't have to fight anymore Because there is freedom So tonight, Lord, we lift our eyes to Jesus.